This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On. Cushioning or performance? Why not take both? The Cloud Stratus 3 evolves a legend with an updated speedboard, even softer cushioning and innovative new design features with all this added to double cloud tech cushioning to double the comfort without slowing you down. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. Welcome to episode number 302 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Not much to talk about this week, just looking at this agenda. A few race results, decent listener question. Uh, moose on the loose, nothing written in there yet, so we'll see how we go towards the end of the show. But all the usual stuff you come to expect from the Inside Running Podcast. Welcome to my co-host, he's up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. How are you going? Probably most famously known now as uh, Rob Wilson's coach. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... I've been enjoying the Road to Berlin series. He's been a good. star, that bloke, isn't he? Oh, I don't know about a star, but he goes all right. I like him. I'm a big fan of Rob Wilson. How you going in Canberra? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, not too much to report. Just, uh, yeah, surgery. Actually, no, yeah, I found out last Tuesday, so the day after we recorded, that, yeah, surgery is now next Monday, um, the 21st. So, yeah, if it all goes to plan, I won't be here next week. Okay. And yeah. because you've been bumped once already, like, is there less of a chance of that happening the second time around? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. You'd, have to, you'd have to ask them. Um, so hopefully I don't get a phone call between now and next Monday. Yeah, okay. No news will be good news there. That's good to have you here anyway. I'll have to replace you for next week, though. Now I'm just thinking about that. My other co-host, though, Julian Spence. How are you going this week? Yeah, good, mate. Just um, settling into the new dig. So I'm in a new little office. You can sound has it has a sound I quality. I think you sound better at the top of the mountain. No, oh, it's not. It's it's not the uh, internet. I'm in like a little enclosed room this time, so you might get my more of my attention too. What about Theo? Dog access? I put him next to me, just because he's just he's been a menace, you know. So we'll just uh, do a little bit of training this week, and then hopefully he can be a podcast dog from now on. Hey, Grady. How about Friday afternoon, Moose's day one in his new house, and he's sending through photos of him on the tools. Yeah, tools he didn't know how to use as well. It doesn't look safe, that house, though, Moose. Some of the pictures you sent through. I wouldn't want, like, a two-, three-year-old kid walking around there. Yeah, I know. There's some. There are some safety aspects. And funnily enough, like, I, grew, I lived in a house, my parents owned one, about five houses down from this, like, when I was five years old. And 
they moved because of how dangerous it was. Like I, I climbed over a balcony one day when I was a kid and it was like a two-story drop down. And so they decided to just like go to a flat block. So I'm making the same mistakes they did. Mm, interesting. They live really close by now though, though don't they? Yeah, my mum's just around the corner. So they, um, that's like, I think I timed it at about 200 metres. So pretty good. Pretty good. Always thought you were a mama's boy. Yeah, pretty handy yeah, for babysitting. Well, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, like 10 years ago you tell me that and um, and I would have laughed at you. You didn't put your back out or anything in the big move? I was worried about you. It's been hard you. work. Going up and down these stairs, like, like there's probably 80 stairs in the house and um, I've just been going up and down with, like, all sorts of equipment all day so my glutes are cooked. Okay. Do you think how this will be your forever house? Yeah, how old's the house? Yeah, I do. I do. The house was rebuilt in 83 after Ash Wednesday bushfires. So it's got like half new house, but with some foundations as well. Um, so it's it's aging. Like I went to just shut the blinds in the room. They all just tore off. And then I went to have a shower. The shower didn't work properly because someone else was having one. So it's got all those old house problems um, that we're going to have to work through. Carpet's fucked. Like... It's seriously, it's an old house, um, but it's just, it's just what it is. Like, we, we work through it. I guess with the cash you're on, you could almost do a knockdown rebuild, Moose. No. Once you get, you get in Anglesey by buying the old ass ancient houses, and then that's it. Like, you've got to either survive in them. The fact that you're here means that maybe in 20 years we can do some renos or something. Uh, that's what we'll look forward to. Imagine spending that amount, Croaks, on this house, and day one you got to get the tools out. You'd go what to close amount? the curtains. They don't close. And the car, the, you can't even have what a shower. About? Five million for I've, a block of land. I've heard some whispers. I've heard some <laughs> you got no whispers. idea what you're fucking talking um, about, you blokes. I've got to get in the shoe industry, Croaks. <laughs> it's not bad. He's going to ride in No idea moves. what you're on about. Can't have a shower, <laughs> but, but a huge You blokes house. have three houses each. I'm on my first. He always tries to go us as well, Croaks. Like, yeah. Just yeah. say, okay, how can I go back this year? <laughs> I own yeah. one house. Don't own three houses. Yeah, how many have you owned over the years? Though? You've just you buy one and then you sell up. them and then you move into the next one, don't you? You're, that, you're that bloke that all the, um, jet, what do they call them? Millennial? No, what, I don't know what they're up to. The people that complain about landlords, that's you. Just buying houses and then making them unaffordable. Oh, don't do that. I have one property of residence. You used to do that's it, though. Do. You were the one. I wasn't the one. I'm, I am you a millennial I, th- millennial, I think. Anyway, let's no talk about some running stuff. Society he's, doesn't like you. He's going hard now, Crocs. <laughs> let's hear about your running. Another big week from you. What are you, five weeks out? Six weeks out from Sydney. Um, how about you do your running first? I just got to sort something out. Okay. Sorry. I'll do okay. my running. My running was real boring, Croaks. I'm just at that real, like, just build a bit of fitness, get into a good routine. I need some races. Tell me about some races at the end of this running week that I can kind of focus on because I just need something on the calendar. Monday was 65 minutes at 4.33 pace. Tuesday, I did um, 4 by 3 k around 3.18 pace off 90-second jog. I'm calling this threshold. I'd love for it to be marathon pace, but it still feels a bit quicker than marathon pace. Maybe on a good, perfect day with fresh legs and a taper, it would be closer to marathon pace than it would threshold. But I was tired, short recovery, cold in the morning, motivation low. So I guess maybe oh, maybe I could run a half marathon at the moment at 3.10 pace. So maybe add eight seconds due to all those other factors. Um, in the afternoon, I got out for 30 minutes at 4.40 pace. 
Wednesday, I did 60 minutes, beautiful sunrise here in Moama. People that get up early and go for their runs will be a very, um, would be very excited at the moment because the sun is rising at a nice time. I'm going to say like 6.45. You can kind of see the trails and stuff like that. So it means it's a good time to be out running. Don't have to worry about head torches where I am the time that I run. You can kind of get on the bush tracks, which is just so much better to start your day on those tracks than the roads with the um, street lights on them. Thursday, medium long run, 4.24 pace. I listen to Road to Berlin, and I've just got in my diary here that it just makes the run so much quicker when you're listening to a podcast that you enjoy. And um, yeah, the 90 minutes flew by. Usually it's a bit of a drag, 90 minutes before work, kind of tired legs, um, middle of winter kind of thing. But yeah, I guess like you listen to it and you hear what Patty's doing and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm only half an hour in. And then I get to listen to what um, you know Jimmy's doing and Rob and, and those kind of things. Moose host it too. So there was some good conversation in there. And I'm not just trying to plug our own podcast and Patreon page. I genuinely do enjoy listening and and am invested in those three boys' uh, running journey and can't wait to see how they go. It does flow well, like, and that, and that's the thing. It's you know they're not the top. Like we've had way faster runners on in the yeah. past, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the show is better because you got faster runners on. So like so much of it comes down to the dynamic and. If anything, they're probably a little bit more relatable to a lot of our listeners. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 yeah I've been getting a lot of conversations. Feed- a lot of good feedback coming in around that podcast. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Dynamic. The chemistry is just great. They'll be running it themselves this week as well. So, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Maybe- Let's hope they don't go and uh, start a spin off show. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just start doing weekly recaps. Start a page. Funny thing, page. Uh, we'll leave that there. We'll <laughs> Um, Friday, what did I do Friday? I did some faster stuff. I did 12 by 80 seconds, um, just down a straight road, waited there for 50 seconds, I think it was, just walking, jogging around, and then came back again. Just wanted to go quicker than, oh, this is probably at the moment, 5K kind of pace. I was just under kind of three-minute K pace. I'm not sure how accurate that is, 80 seconds. Just had it set in my watch, and then, yeah, ran until it beeped, then went back again. Um... Yeah, just ticking the legs over, trying to be like fast but still in control, like not all out sprinting. I guess this would be a way, I don't know, maybe like if I had a track, it'd be like doing 15 by 400 kind of thing. Um, yeah, off, off shorter recoveries. So tried to kind of do something similar to that if I did have track access and it felt good. I did it in the old, um, you know, those white endorphin pros, the first ones. They were oh, yeah. good. I don't have too many Ks in mind. I saw them sitting there in the shed, and I thought I might chuck those on and just do a workout in them. I love them. When they first came out, to me, they felt like a bit more of a traditional flat. So I, yeah, like I remember the first session I ever did in them was like a 10 by one minute on, one minute float. So I thought for like, you know, that 5 to 10K sort of pace stuff, it was really, really good. And I still use them for like hill reps and things like that now. Mm. Terrible in the wet, if I can remember yeah. right, slippery. But yeah, I thought, ah, oh, I don't really need that much foam and carbon plate and stuff like that for this workout. I'll just get in something. Yeah, I think a good description of them would be like between an old racing flight yeah. and a new super shoe. Yeah. Like it's not that super, but it's it's just enough. Um, yeah. Saturday, I did 60 minutes at 4.26 pace. 
got out a bit later in the morning, had to check in on a couple of mates who barracked for the Geelong Cats, so a couple of phone calls going around Saturday morning to check on their well-being after my team, the Collingwood Magpies, beat them pretty convincingly hmm. on um, Friday night, so that was good. Put up a picture, Moose, triggered a couple of people in the comments. Moose was up and about halfway through the first quarter, wasn't he, Croaks? Well, I go to bed that time. That's bedtime for me. I don't know what you're talking about. All I haven't even heard the scores since then. All these people tearing off at the quarter time and then they just go missing at the end of the game. I haven't even seen the scores. Colin, Colin Quinn did, eh? Yeah, just. just. Yeah. Umpires tried to make it a bit closer than it was, but um, pie's easy. Sunday, two and a half hours. Um, first 70 minutes was in the Barmer Pine Forest on, like, the sand and the no rhythm and that was kind of terrible i hated it so i went and ran on some um dirt roads for the last what's that hour and 20 minutes um could get a bit more rolling in that part of it don't even know what average 415s something like that just 414s just trying to make two and a half hours a new two hours time on feet a couple of gels um just listen to music for two and a bit hours it was still good enjoyable could be somewhere different but see that photo i put on strava just too sandy in that part of the um the forest need a bit more rain maybe anyway that was my week fellas 135k only the one double but give me a race croaks i need to set some goals what can i do bernie 10 oh yeah when's that uh october yeah okay yeah that could work because what it looks like you're just sort of covering all bases at the moment like you know just... that kind of stock standard training bit of threshold bit of quicker yeah. stuff medium long run Long run. It's good though. That's it is good. Need. It actually is good, and it puts you in a good position that if you do pick a marathon, you can easily, you know, do a couple mm. of weeks, and you're going to be pretty marathon fit as well. So, so what do you, you obviously got something in the back of your mind because, like, I, I don't really see the need for you doing two and a half hour runs at the moment if you don't really have anything in mind. Nah, well, I was trying to land that pacing gig for Sydney, but I don't think that's going to that's gonna happen. So I was trying to keep my options open there with some longer stuff because I was going to finish it off after the pacing job. But, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Why but, didn't you get that? Why didn't you get that job? No, I just heard nothing back. Did just, Troopy put in a, did Troopy write in yeah, someone, send Lardy a message, did he? I don't they know. did their due diligence. I've got Jimmy trying to, like, weasel me in there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're bringing bringing their own paces or if I'm just not um, qualified enough. I sent a bit of a light resume in as well. But, well, yeah. you're doing it for the money or the love. Well, Carly was going to be running the half marathon up there, and I was like, oh, I'll come up for the weekend and just jump on her kind of um, trip away, leave the kids jump, at home. Jump in front of me for a bit. Well, I thought it was going to be the same pack anyway, so I thought I could yeah. get, get a bit of there a view you of how you're going. You'll get an um, entry. You can come in. No, I can do – well, Tan realizes the same weekend anyway, so it doesn't eventuate. But, yeah. I'm just trying to – and then uh, Mattress suggested the other day, he's like, why don't you go do Auckland Marathon? Because he won it back in, like, 2018, 17. Well, that's that's the reason, Mattress. That's the reason why we don't go do Auckland. When is you're, it? you're winning it in 225. <laughs> I think he gets one in, like, low two – I think he ran 224, Moose. Don't rip him off a minute. Oh, sorry, Mattress. But that's, like – what are you going to do there? Go run 224 and win it? It'd be cool to I win think a marathon. It's a bit quicker now, though. I think it's. I think um, like Dan Jones and that. I think you know run like two twenty. It's not, and I don't think it's a super quick course. It's pretty hilly, isn't it? And windy. Mm. When is it? Um, October or something. I think. I think it was about so, ten yeah, weeks. Yeah, 29th of October. Because so, I'm not. I don't want to do Melbourne, and then I don't think I can get overseas like like Europe or Japan, maybe Japan. So yeah, I don't know. Bernie 10 is, uh, when is it? 
I don't uh, know if I got Bernie. Like, why? 29th Bernie? of October, same day. What, and try run a 10K PB? Maybe. That's better. And then go and do a soccer. Oh, yeah. A soccer is, is going to be good, I reckon. You got to right, make, that's a... make to the Mizuno. That's the one you pulled out of, a soccer. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, it's I'm a good race, though, isn't it? That'd be a good one. I might even think to go back there as well. Oh, I'm not that going could... to the same place you, mate. <laughs> You that made, could be good. You made me that look bad so many times when we went to the same marathon. <laughs> you could, yeah, that's that's not the same anymore. But you could come down the surf coast, come on a little training camp. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm you could do Melbourne, yeah. You could do Melbourne half into Bernie Ten, and then marathon early next year. If I ran good at Bernie Ten, I could get a start at Zadapak. Yeah, yeah. And, if, and if honour making it like the real deal this year, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe something in there. Anyway, see what happens. But I'm loving 130k weeks. They are just like the dream. Yeah. No, no doubles. Wife doesn't hate me. Like, yeah, see the kids a bit more. It's a good thing to do. Anyway, yeah. Moose, tell us about what you've been doing. Um, well, I had a pretty low week, planned low week, but also timed with a move of house. So it worked out pretty well. I just I did a double on uh, Monday morning, just ran with Bree. Pierre and Theo all together for 30 minutes. So a bit of a um, bit of a clan running around together. And then ran the Arvo just myself, 35 minutes. So real cruisy ones Monday. I'm still on that that low, that two short run double. I just feel like I can get some volume in, but it doesn't beat me up as much. I'm better for recovery. Uh, then the next day I normally run a bit longer. So I've run 14K. I think I ran this with Ali, actually, about an hour. We got going a little bit because she was really pissing me off. Um, and this sort of come after our podcast, I reckon, same thing. I was just like, she was pissing me off more than I think she's pissed me off ever before. So I dumped her up a few hills and then um, just sort of ground her down a bit. Over which, the pacing in that workout last week at Ballarat 15K. Like- I like this from Ellie. Keep it going, Ellie. She won't do it again. She's learned her lesson. Is she writing your program at all now? Nah, okay. no, nah, no way. Because if she was writing your program and she set a certain pace and then you didn't do the pace, that, she could, have been, my that could have been a good reason Mate, for her to be pissed off. I've seen the generic stuff she puts out. I've seen her baby Jimmy friend like his 12-year-old boy. I don't need that sort of coaching. Anyway, that was an hour. The next morning I went and... Did a workout. I went to the track. So before work, went there by myself. It's fucking freezing this morning. One of the coldest mornings um, I've had down this way, outside of Ballarat. It says temperature two feels like two. That's hard to get going on the track. Mm. Like, track a bit like hard as well from the cold. No, nah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, but it, it felt fine underfoot. It was just like five by a k. So I wanted to run them three to 305s, which I kind of did, but I'm doing it in long half tights, long sleeve gloves and a beanie. Like that's hard, hard to hit the faster stuff there. I mean, I'm old anyway. It's hard for me to get the legs going no matter what. You put me in a two degree weather day in the morning at seven or eight o'clock. I started this workout. That is, that's a battle for me. Welcome to Canberra Tuesday nights at the track. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I remember Ballarat pretty fondly. 
Uh, and then I, do you know what I was thinking on this run? I'm like, fuck, I used to do workouts at nine o'clock, 9.30 in Ballarat because I'd take the day off. It's, it was so much easier to train when you have a day off. You, you can go later, you can wake up, you can warm up a bit, you can have a proper breakfast. There is no stress to finish your warm up and get into strides and get into the workout like as quickly as possible. It's, it's so much more conducive to good training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which is even the reason I have way more respect for those Road to Berlin boys because they're out there at freaking five in the morning doing yeah. this stuff. It's like, you know, if, and I've said it, I'm sure I've said it in the, on the podcast in the past that if that was when I had to train, 5 a.m., if that was the only time I could do it, I wouldn't have been a runner. Fuck that. Like, you know, but I've just prioritised running over a lot of other things. I've been able to train at, you know, four in the afternoon or whatever. But if that's if that was the only time I had, I don't think I would have run for as much as I for as long as I have. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I think you're at a point where you could prioritise your running, and it made sense. Like at at what point do you start doing that? Is it when you run two twenty, two thirty, two forty? Like it wouldn't make sense for someone to go. Oh, I'm going to take the day off work to do a, a workout today, when you're running three hours for the marathon. Whereas yeah, you, I think so. yeah. So it, yeah, I think it, it does depend on the level you're running at. Um, anyway, three minutes to three oh fives. I was taking, uh, I think it was a minute between them, um, and then I did eight by four hundred, sixty seven to sixty nines. And I was taking, whew, I'm going to say like 45 maybe. Uh, it wasn't too much. I can't really remember. The idea was that I still, I didn't want to run super fast. I wanted the recoveries pretty short. And I wanted to get um, kind of fatigued by the end. Like I wanted it as a fairly high aerobic stress, not a not an all-out fast workout. So in the end, it was just about 9K worth of stuff on the track, which is enough for me. I actually planned to do 10 400s, but it just didn't feel like – I felt like after eight, I'm like, you know what, that's the, the right number today. Moose, were you taking like 400-meter splits during the Ks? Oh, so I had my – um, yeah, okay. So I had my watch set to track mode, my new – like the Garmin, and it was the first time I'd used it, and it was not great. Uh, and then I also did them dip, like – I did one rep one way and then another rep the other way on the track. So anti-clockwise, clockwise. And I don't think it works that well for the track mode. Yeah, but okay. It, it looks like it's pretty accurate. I mean, it's telling me I'm running 400 meters, isn't mm. it? Yeah, because I was just like when I looked at it, because, you know, the first 400 was 76 and then you run 73. And then for the next uh, rep, it was like 71, 74. So I was wondering whether you were changing pace during the 1K reps or whether you're trying to run them just consistent? No, uh, that's probably just me. That That's probably accurate, to be honest, just not getting going on that first lap and then probably just chasing it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But you, I, you it got was, better, though, mm. as the workout went. Yeah, I got more consistent. I did um, I did find going the opposite ways was good for the body, though. Like just just on the on the um, knees, and I've got a bit of a sore calf at the moment, um, so that, that that's like I, I start feeling it later in workouts and um, at the pace stuff. So I thought change it up around the um, track and just adjust the stress, uh, which was good because there was no one down there really. 
Geelong Footy Club went to training or at the Oval next to it. So all the cameras were set up. Uh, yeah, just ran the next day. I ran 43, 9K, and then got out for, at, at night time afterwards for um, 7K. So that was after dinner. This was, again, pretty grim. Went up the hill, 160 metres in 7K. Fuck, you don't really think about it in the dark because you can't see it. All you're doing is staring at the ground, but, geez, it's hard. Um, next morning, got going on this one. So this was 70 minutes over the hills. Uh, it was faster than this, I think. Oh, I ran into Bree at the end, and we just jogged together for a bit. So I, I, I did make this a steady effort. And then on um, on Saturday, met the boys down at the Anglesey Cricket Club. So a few of the fellas from Geelong came down and we, we did a loop. I just ran an hour. I was pretty cooked from Friday moving. And then Saturday was, was sort of another move day. Uh, Sunday morning, we, we went into Geelong. The running company sponsored the Geelong Cross Country Club, which is... It's like it's like a running club. They're not, I don't think they're affiliated with AV in any way. They're their own thing, and they have a full season in Geelong. They do a lot of handicap races. They, they actually host the Geelong Half Marathon, which is sort of the bigger running event in Geelong. Um, and they look, it's, there's a ton of sort of veteran masters athletes. There's not a lot in the open category. I think they always try to get the, the open runners there, but the, the handicapping is pretty tough. I think you, you generally have to run like three or four years before you get a win down there, uh, before they look after you enough. Uh, but, yeah, we sponsored their race, 15K it was, three by 5K laps around um, the Bowen River. And Matt, Gunther and I had the, the same workout. We were doing 30K steady. Uh, Matt's training for... Melbourne and he's about the same fitness as I so we decided to do the race together and then do an extra three laps so we did the race all in one direction and then we we finished we took our bibs off and then we just did three laps the other way which I this was quite good training for Sydney because the bridges were real rhythm killers so you have to go up like little steep pinches every couple of k um so it's a 5k lap so yeah it's probably like 2k you go up a steep pinch you go down a steep pinch and then you have to get back in rhythm again and then a couple of k later you, you have to deal with the pinches so and there's some pretty tight corners as well and i know sydney there's a lot of corners so this was this was good for making sure that I like can can hit my rhythm after I get the the little hiccups of the the bridges because we we realized pretty early that we would come off a bridge and when we got back to our rhythm we were running much too fast it's like we forgot our pace and so we had to continually put the brakes on the first 500 to a k after the 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 bridge or the turnaround so it's probably just something to for me to consider in Sydney is is just to um, not not uh, basically sprint off or, or get ahead of myself after a, a turnaround, which I obviously was sort of prone to doing. So it was what was it? It was 30k. We average 
328, but that included a minute. Uh, I took a minute or 58 seconds to change bibs or to take the bibs off and then hand the timing chip back and stuff. And then we got going again. So it was probably about um, 326 average, really, which, and it felt comfortable. So I ran this, Matt and I were talking the whole way. We had some sort of patches towards the end where we started to get fatigued. But at no point did one of us feel like we had to slow down. In fact, we actually got faster towards the end and then had to continually slow it, slow each other down, um, remind ourselves that like we don't need to go faster. Uh, and, and I'd say both of us were very comfortable. Even finishing, we sort of just finished talking to each other. So this was, again, another good little confidence builder. Uh, I, I was happy. 30K, my car. One thing that I need to... Um, be careful of is my calves continually getting quite tight towards the end of these runs i felt it at ballarat about 5k to go and then i felt it on this run about 20k in they just started to tighten up kind of like what happened at osaka uh when i stopped is that it just it, it starts to get tighter and tighter and tighter and it's like yeah it's i don't know how to overcome that i've talked to ali about it and I think I need to do like more heavier strength work on the calves, but I just haven't had a chance lately because like yeah, <clears throat> it's a difficult thing to do heavy strength work with calves. You need you pretty much need a Smith machine or a calf seated calf raise or something like that. And I do have a Smith machine. I just got it, but I haven't set it up yet. So hopefully I can get that rigged up and I can get a few weeks of strength in and maybe that'll have an effect on race day. But that's probably my major concern. Um, this was also good this run because I I was hitting a pretty high gel sort of frequency. So every 5k I took a gel, and that and I mixed it up between pure fluid gels and Morton gel 100. So that's like I'm going to say every 17 and a bit minutes, maybe 17 20, I was taking a gel, and my guts handled it fine. I got it felt a bit sick afterwards, but during the run I had no sort of nausea or or gut issues. So it's a good it's a good sign for me that I can do that sort of stuff on on race day and, and get away with it. Uh, maybe the effort will be a bit harder race day, so I probably can't do as much. But um, I'm getting I'm working out that I probably need different types of gels throughout the run. I can't just stick to one. Like I enjoyed breaking it up with a Morton and a Pure. Uh, it was 122k for the week down week for me it was like a planned one because i'd had a few bigger weeks and then this week like i've had sore calves this morning so i've just done uh two light runs but i, I plan to to make this week bigger see calves moose are they like like does it feel more just domsy or actually like a, a niggle it's domsy yeah it's not a niggle i because it goes away after one or two days and and it only really comes on late in the run. And I, I think with one one my theory is that since I transitioned to more of a midfoot strike after my knee surgery, uh, I've only had a couple of years to really adapt to that running style. And and the, the the strength in my calves just isn't there. So I might need like another few years before I can fully handle that really long and like steady 
steady workouts and races because it is it is strange like i wouldn't expect my calves to be very sore like especially at marathon pace like the only time i ever get sore calves if i'm doing like probably 5k pace stuff or faster yeah yeah um, especially, right especially toes more. yeah yeah and especially in super shoes that like for me it takes pretty much all the the load off my calves other than, yeah except for when i'm running fast yeah i know i agree i, I don't I, I was thinking today i'm like fuck i can't remember having sore calves like this after long workouts like i used to i used to pump through huge workouts and never get soreness in my calves like that so i just don't know yeah don't know other than but, that though everything's going pretty smooth yeah the like fitness pace is really feels good. good gels are good yeah Fitness is good. Like that's something I'm not worried about. Like I, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty happy with where I am fitness-wise. I'm well ahead of what I thought I would be, and I'm handling the longer stuff fine. Mm-hmm. It's more just the, the it's more just the, the carbs are really my worry. That's pretty much it. Like my that and getting ahead of myself and fucking the race up. They're my two worries. Hey, don't do um, cross country this week then. This is a terrible yeah, course. No, I'm not. Bad I'm, for calves, I'm... bad for ankles, bad. You don't want to do this if you're prepping for a marathon. It's the worst course on the AV schedule. Mate, I've, I, we, I think everyone in Geelong's thinking like that because we're scraping together a team right now. Mm, yeah, we've got a can few we just replay, Can we just replay the moose on the loose from a few like months ago about the team and, like, you yeah. know, <laughs> you sign up for a footy <laughs> Sign up for a footy team, rock up and say to the coach, not playing this weekend. His goal for the start of the year was to win a premiership with the Geelong Cats. <laughs> I never said that. You did. Goal we, understood our, we understood our team this year. I never said that you we did. would win a premiership. I'm going to find that audio. You're fucking kidding. That was before I saw our teams. Like, you know at the start what you're dealing with. And we're like, we're this a good was in January, first months. episode of the year. Yeah, we never saw the team. I couldn't see the team back then. <laughs> I love how many times Moose contradicts himself. Yeah. But pretty much weekly. No, I'm looking after you there. I, I'd fully understand if you let the team down and um, didn't compete <laughs> this week. Yeah. It would look, be a I'm smart move. house, mate. I'm still – this is a month-long move, this thing. The thing is, though, when you're the number one guy, though, they kind of need you, don't they? Oh, I'm not – I reckon Gunther stepped up into number one. He was top 20 about, right? Okay. So, Moose, how many – so you, you've your biggest week in the last – like I don't know, last year was a couple of weeks ago, like one forty-two. What will be your biggest week volume-wise between now and Sydney? Probably still that. I reckon I sit at around one forty still. I I don't think it's a wise move picking it up past that. And but but it's given me hope that maybe like I can train over summer with higher mileage. That's that's what this has given me hope for. Yeah. Good. Just thanks some Patreon supporters, fellas. Croaks, who you got? Uh, I've got Adam Collins. Adam li- uh, lives in London and runs for the Hercules Wimbledon Athletic Club. Uh, and he set all of his PBs this year, which is a pretty good achievement. Remember those days, boys, where every time you used to go out and run, you used to run a PB? Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? No, I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, Adam's run 18.10 for 5K, which was the Sri Chinmoy 5K at Battersea Park, 38.18 at the Regent's Park 10K, 84 minutes at the Bournemouth I think that's how you pronounce it, Bournemouth Half, and 258 at London Marathon. So thanks for your support, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Who you got, Moose? Yeah, today, look at me, just reading ahead. Simon Darg, Dagu, Dajui. 
I'm going dog. What do you reckon, Brady? I want to hear your thoughts. You're the expert at this. <laughs> yeah, dog. I'd go dog. Dog. D R G U E. I think dog's the most yeah. safest way. He's from Hobart. He's a relationship executive at Commonwealth Bank. Oh, where's that pulled from? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Relationship executive. Yeah, that's keeping people happy. Partnerships. Hum, human resources. Oh, there's an article here, Day in the Life of a Relationship Executive in the Combank. No shit. Yeah, for one, for one article. Jeez, it starts yeah. at 6.30am. It's got their whole day. Who wrote it? Simon Dark? No, it's not Simon. This is um, Renee. Renee's Day in the Life. Anyway, you keep talking. I'll see what she does. Um, well, she's a relationship executive, obviously. School drop-off, 8.30am. PBs for Simon, 1938 from Montrose Foreshore Park Run, uh, 4114, 2018 Launceston 10, 94 minutes at the 2019 Cabri Half Marathon, and 332 at 2019 Launceston Marathon. Might be a fan of Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Uh, that's, I mean, I love Rage Against the Machine. You guys like it? Very old school, yeah. yeah. Like a few of their songs. Real white-collar job and then a real, like, mosh pit kind of vibe band. <laughs> what do you mean, white-collar job? Uh, working for a bank. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so I thought you meant, like, um, the Rage Against the Machine band. Nah, nah, nah. nah they're not uh, white-collar. Thanks, yeah. Simon. No, good on you, Simon. Thanks for that. I love how you stick to uh, Tassie to run all your PBs. Support the local events. I'm going to thank Blake Island from Lang Warren in Victoria, down near Frankston Moose, down near uh, Mount Eliza, Mornington, you know that area? They call it the... Uh, Seaford. The Ninch Track Club. Is that what they call it? You know, the, um, what do they used to be? Powerhouse, now they're absolute garbage. Frankston Athletics Club. Frankston Ninch. Pigs. Do the, the, no, aren't they the I pigs? reckon... We've had this chat oh. before. Yeah, no, the... Um, who runs for him? Dane, Mattress, Gemma, oh. they call themselves Ninch. Ninch. I thought that was Run Culture Hours. Nah, the know. Ninch, the track club. They, it's a thing. They've started using it. Okay. You know more yeah. about that than me. Uh, based on Blake Strava, we're pretty sure he's a triathlete. He's got PBs of 17.19 for 5K. That's a solid 5K PB if he's, if he's just doing triathlon stuff, Crocs. 38.46 for 10K at the 2022 Gold Coast 10K and 85.07 at the Mornington Peninsula Half Marathon. So some nice PBs in there for Blake. Massive thanks for your support, Blake, Adam, Simon. Big news on Patreon this week, boys. I got excited about this, was that um, you can now get the Patreon content on Spotify. If you don't know how to do that yet, I'll uh, share a link on the Patreon page. But pretty much, it just all comes up in that one spot. It used to be a real pain that they didn't talk to each other, the Patreon feed and Spotify. But now, everything just appears just like you're listening to any other show, like you would be on uh, Spotify. Inside Run Podcast Patreon feed is right there. So, know, how does, so do you just, um, you have to manually link stuff up? Yeah, you just pretty much, like it all shows up and it all says, hey, this is all like paid content. But if you're a Patreon supporter, you pretty much just hit like connect and it connects your Patreon account with your Spotify account and then it just opens it all up for you. It's pretty cool. Right. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'll use that on. I got, because I think I'm a subscriber of another podcast that I haven't used before. 
Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not sure because I'm a patron of other podcasts as well, but I haven't been told as a patron supporter that that's available. But as a patron creator, I got told it was available and turned it on for our patrons. So yeah, I cool. wonder if they've been alerted yet, or this is the first they've heard of it. But I'll put a post on Patreon anyway. So if you're over there um, and you listen to podcasts on Spotify, make sure you turn that connection on. Uh, oh, the monthly tomorrow night with Christian and Toby. Looking forward to talking to those two boys. And then Wednesday or Thursday night, Road to Berlin, episode number four. So it's a big week of Patreon content coming at you this week. Thanks to all our supporters over there to keep the show alive. And um, yeah, rewarded with bonus content, early access. Um, big news too, coming out of that monthly. What's the big news? Toby's uh, signed with the pro cycling team. <laughs> Toby got a diagnosis. Did he? Yep. He so hasn't ran since last time we recorded, I don't think. He knows what's going on, so I'll be able to, be able to have a much better chat with you. Mm. Yeah. And Christian's getting real fit. A bit worried well, about Chris-o, though. Chris, yeah. Chris O is peaking way too early. <laughs> What about my he, put, he puts up all these photos of um, soccer players and stuff, and then I asked him yesterday if he's into the Women's World Cup. Not interested at all. Knows nothing. But he also yeah. puts up, like, week two of 20, and it's like 20 weeks, and you're already banging out, like, fast, long runs, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. Someone else did that, didn't they, back in the day? Who? Me? I'm trying to think. Nah, nah, like, someone else we made fun of doing that. 20 weeks. I don't know. Can't remember. Sorry, Chris. It was Christian last year, I think. Yeah, it could have been Christian. <laughs> I'll ask him about it tomorrow night anyway, fellas. This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On. Double cloud tech to double your run. The cloud Stratus has always been a performance superstar, with famously impressive cushioning on a road run for 5K up to a marathon. The winning recipe is evolved into the Cloud Stratus 3 with noticeable performance and sustainability upgrades. The improved nylon speedboard adds a powerful forward roll and a shaved off seconds to those double distances. While refined cushioning doubles down on the underfoot softness sensation, the Cloud Stratus is famous for to take your run further than before. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store to grab your pair today. Uh, Running news, let's go to the Sunshine Coast Marathon Festival first because this was the Australian Half Marathon Championships which was the main race, where all the prize money is too, I think. I reckon they start at 6am, Moose. Did you watch it from the start? Yeah, I did, actually. I got okay. up. Well, you'll know more about than me, because I reckon I was about 6.35am we turned it on. Um, Liam Adams got the win in the men's race, 62.55, from Andy Buchanan, 63.12. Ryan Gregson, third, 64.08. All I saw from that, Moose, was uh, Andy and Liam together, both kind of trading turns, trying to drop each other. And Liam got away probably, I'm going to say, 19, 19.5k into the race, put a bit of a gap in, and Andy kind of just disappeared a bit in the background and couldn't pull him back in. What, yeah, what? pretty much early on it was Riley and Jacob Cox that were pushing the pace. Um, so oh, they, really? Yeah, yeah. It was it was, it kind of was started as Riley. He was on the front for pretty much the whole, I'm going to say the first 5 to 10k. Did he not finish as well? Didn't, it didn't look like he finished. Yeah, I couldn't see him in the results. Yeah, and, I didn't uh, see him in the results. I think he did DNF. Someone said maybe he's out of National Cross too, uh, I think. Um, but, yeah, no, it was uh, those two pushing. And um, and then, yeah, like you said, got closer to the end. They kind of pack, pack whittled down. And then you've got Andy who 
I thought was sort of playing it right. Uh, the men's and women's race was actually quite similar in terms of like the two different types of athletes up front and and how the strategies were being used. I thought it was it was quite a good watch. Uh, just played out very differently, men's and women's. So Liam was he was actually the like the the aggressive one, and I think it was was do you reckon it was a bit earlier than two k to go, or do you reckon it was about it was about two k, wasn't it, where he where he took off? Yeah, um, it's hard to know exactly, but I remember like thinking I'm finish. like about seven minutes back. I thought when he made the move, I'm like Andy, Andy has seven minutes to stay with him here, which is a long time when you're just barely hanging on by a thread. There was a lot so, of yeah. watch gazing going on for both races. Did you notice that? Like Liam would look, Andy would look, Ali, Jen. A lot of people no, I, close I, to the end, and I'm wondering if they're doing the same thing. It's like, okay, I've got to hang on. I've got five minutes or seven minutes or eight minutes to go here. But I noticed yeah. a lot of people looking at their watches at like the pointy ends. I, I saw, I noticeably saw Jen, and I think it might have been at like 21K, maybe. She might have got an alert or something. I don't know. But I'm like, Phew, she's looked at her watch real late here. <laughs> That's a pretty good flex <laughs> to be like in a pretty much a sprint finish and you're looking at your watch. Maybe it's just uh, hit her Bluetooth from her um, phone in the bag nearby the finish line. <laughs> but yeah, I was surprised that um, I was surprised that Liam got up over Andy there. Like Andy's sort of been the informed Victorian, and he looked like it was playing into his hands this this race. But Liam kind of almost like beat him in his own game to a certain degree. And but coming, but off Liam the has come off. Yeah, but I guess the marathon's been—it's a little wild now. Um, and you know what Liam's like, like Liam you know, doesn't seem to get banged up like everybody else does after a marathon. So, and the, and the guys run, what, 208. So, um, yeah, like he's probably at that, that next, that little level above, yeah, slight level above Andy, like, you know. Andy was only 20 seconds off his PB as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, but you're good, right, though. That's like, a good point. Yeah, maybe you say, you say pre-race, though the two people coming off marathons against the two not coming off marathons, you'd think the ones coming not off the marathon would be the favourites, like Ali and Andy. Yeah. Yeah, you would. I, I mean, Ali should have been the favourite and, and was just because of Jen's sort of sort of relative inexperience at the distances and coming off the marathon. And I think Liam, the same thing. Like, I, I had Andy and Ali as the two favourites before the race, so two upsets. How many weeks ago was it yesterday, Gold Coast? Seven? Six? Yeah, about that. It's been a while. Yeah. Maybe, maybe six. you got to remember, like, Lamb's a 208 man now. Like, that's... Yeah. That's that's moving, you know. Um, yeah. And this isn't, like... This wasn't that fast of a race either, was it? Nah, slower times all around. Yeah. So what's Lamb's half PB? 62.15, it says here. Well, Liam went through pretty much halfway at Gold Coast in not much slower than this. Didn't Andy yeah. take him through in 63, like, low to mid? Um, yeah, that's a good – yeah, I think he did, actually. I'll check that. Yeah, I'm pretty it sure it was 60, It was in the 63s. Yeah. Grind so we in like, 64.08. Did I say that? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, you did. I did. Sorry. Yeah. Women's race, Moose. You watched it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good race. Really good race, this. Uh, the, the, they didn't get much airtime compared to the men, um, so you you couldn't see everything going on. But it was pretty much Jen Gregson and, and Ali who were racing together f 
for the win the whole way. Uh, the, initially, it went out relatively slow, but they do go over a big hill at the start, like straight up a hill and over, and then down the other side, it looks like. Then they do an out and back, I think, and, and come back over the hill again. So there are two big hills in this race, and we have a um, we have a bit of a oh I'm going to say almost the expectation that this is fast after we saw that women's race where Lisa ran 68 high and beat Sinead who I think ran six maybe she ran under 69 as well that day or 69 flat and then um, Ali ran her PB that day that was a few years ago now 2019 it was. Uh, and we're like, oh, Sunshine Coast, geez, everyone runs PBs there. But I don't think it's as fast as what we thought it was because they still go over these two big hills. And it, it, I think it got a little warmer on the mm. day. I'm not sure exactly what the temperature was, but one of the reports were that it was slightly warmer. Um, so the race, like, Ali thought she could run a PB going in, so I expected to see much faster splits early on in the race. But I don't – like, it, it looked like they were – had a pretty solid effort. Um, Jen went to the front earlier than expected, I think. So they were all in a pack for maybe 10K. And then Jen went to the front and started to push a little bit and surge. And she broke Ali a couple of times. But um, so Ali told me afterwards, she, she said, I, I couldn't really go with her. And then she couldn't really commit to the effort. It was too hard for her as well. So she would always like, catch back up and the, they would just rejoin and then after a while they stayed together um now like the strategy for ali was pretty obvious like it's a common sense one jen she knows how to win races and she's very good late in a race she can kick so the idea was that about sort of 15k that that ali would start winding it up and and maybe she left it a little late but i think she was finding it difficult at that pace so she she got to the front at um, about 18k, maybe 17k, and 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 started trying to take the sting out of Jen. But Jen was too fit, too good. She sat on Ali right up until about, I'm gonna say like 19 and a half. I think about a k to go maybe, and and just sort of burnt her, surged, and then put in a, an effort that put gave her a gap of pretty much about like five seconds and. And um, it ended up being three seconds at the finish. So so Jen executed exactly how she probably wanted to. Um, I think the pace needed to be faster if Ali was going to, um, like, do what she did so late. Like, Jen was always going to beat Ali in a 500-meter sprint at the end. Like, Jen Gregson is just tough and can win races as good as anyone that I've ever seen. Like, she she wins races that she has no business with. I remember watching down at that run the bridge down there where she beat, like, all the top women. It was a crazy hard field that day, and she beat them all. And then she beat Leanne last couple of weeks ago at the Sydney Harbour race, and then she's beaten Ali here. She She's beating everybody. Yeah, that Sydney Harbour 10 race, that surprised me. Like, one – well, mainly off, you know, so close to the marathon, and to beat Leanne, who – has been killing it for the last like six, 12 months sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then I probably thought that, you know, I would probably put Jen as favorite given that she's, you know, shown that she's pretty strong off the marathon, but then obviously recovered well to beat Leanne 
in that sprint at the ten in the ten k a couple of weeks ago. So, well, um, you yeah, perhaps, but I mean, Ali, she's like nineteenth World Cross. Mm. She's sixty nine fourteen half marathon PB. She, she's like you. She ran sixty nine. 23 or something at Gold Coast. Yeah, but then Liam beat Ellie at uh, at Gold Coast. And yes, yeah. Jen, Jen then beat Leanne over a 10K. And I'd say that Leanne's probably in better 10K shape than half marathon. So, yeah, like you, you knew it was always going to be pretty close. And it it was, was, yeah, and it was a banger of a race. That was It was very good to watch. They just needed to get a bit more airtime. And I heard Jen, Jen also mentioned after the race that um, she's going to be running a marathon in December, which because uh, when we yeah because when yeah. we had her on she was on an hour in between Melbourne and Valencia, but then she said in the post race interview that she's got a marathon in December which she'll be starting her prep for soon. So it looks like uh, Valencia. Yeah, so that's probably a good call from her, I think, because mm-hmm. Melbourne ain't Gold Coast in terms of how flat it is, or how good the. Um, paces normally are so yeah good i think that's good from her mm. sinead right. noonan was third it's 73 30 i think that was a western australian state record as well oh, from really? so yeah she's um she's progressing nicely over there yeah and liam went through half at gold coast in 63 44 yeah. so yeah. Yeah. yeah well andy did as well <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting uh, the marathon was won by Jason Hunt in 2.28.57 and Beth McKenzie from the USA won the women's in 2.39.54. 10K was won by Jackson Peterson Wright in 31.11 and Olga Fasova won the women's in 32.49. The other major race that was on same morning, but um, no live stream for this one, at least I didn't see it, was the City to Surf, the world's most participated in fun run, isn't it, fellas? 80,000 people? From the yeah, city to uh, Bondi Beach in Sydney. Um, our boy, my boy, Road to Gold Coast boy, Ed Goddard got the win in the men's race, 41.30. James Nippris was a minute behind in 42.30. And Harry Norman, we've had a few battles with Harry over the um, XCR season, Moose, from, um, who's he run Mate, for? I don't, Yarra yeah. Rangers? I don't think so. I think he's always been a little better than me because I haven't really run cross since, like, 2015, properly. You and him must have been very close at Bundura a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon he... All right, what were you, 23rd? Anyway. Really? So, and come, he's what, come fourth? Come third. Shit. That's, what did time did he run? I'm trying to find... Um, I'm trying to find those results now. Um, 42.31 he ran. Yeah, he was 20th at Bundura. Oh, just 23rd, yeah, just gotcha. Anyway, he was uh, third in 42.31. Um, I'll talk about the men's race and what I know about it. I just I just got notes here. It's like New South Wales is real lucky that Ed Goddard keeps rocking up to all these road races because I feel that he's like that, that top-end elite athlete in Australia. And if he wasn't rocking up, um, it just impacts the credibility, I think, of some of these men's races without him there. Thoughts? And he's a bit of a rock star, likes a celebration. I think Ed's good for the sport because he's not like a robot and a and a carbon copy of like a lot of people in our sport. A bit of different mm. personality, which I think we need to embrace. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like him. I, I like different stuff. Same here. Well, we're all weirdos in running, aren't we? We're but all a bit odd. Too. So, I mean, you've got a bloke <laughs> from Sydney, real weirdo. Like, he should be winning Sydney to surf. You want that. Was that his but first clear- time as one at Croaks? Uh, yeah. I think he'd really value winning that too. It'd been a bit to him. Yeah. He's a running it, fan. It, it's a big time race. I mean, yeah. Sydney to surf, this is, a, this is the one that you've like used to watch on TV. But if it was if he wasn't there and it was one in 4230, does that what the point I'm trying to make is that, does that then impact the credibility of the race? Would it have ever well, been one that slow before Croaks? Yeah, I reckon it ha- I reckon okay. it has been one slower than that before. Um so just for reference, uh yeah, like course records 4003 um Mona. Uh but it like the city to surf's been on like a downward slide for a long time in terms of getting the top athletes there because they're just there's just never any support. Like for the last probably 10, 15 years, they haven't really treated the elite athletes that well. Um, whereas I'm pretty sure back when Mona was running it, um, the fields were really, really deep because it was so prestigious. The prizes were pretty good. And I think the elite athletes got looked after um, because it was on TV every year. So it was, you know, uh, they sort of marketed it at, you know, at the top end because that's that's who they showed. They showed more of that than the sort of recreational runners at the back. Um, yeah, it got bought out by, yeah, is it News Corp or something? Or like, well, they, they owned it. No, it was originally owned by the newspaper. Fairfax. And so then, Fairfax. Um, like, the mob that run, like, Triathlon Australia or whatever. Iron Man. I think they, I think, yeah, Iron Man. I think they own it now. Oh, really? Iron Man own it? Yeah, like, they did pay down to fifth. Um, oh, they give but, prize money. Yeah, there was prize money. I think um, first place got some, like, return flights to somewhere in Asia. Does that um, still happen? Yeah, that happened this year. Okay. Yep. So I think it might have been 2000 for first and some flights, and then they paid down to fifth. Um, but, like, if this was if this was the most prestigious um, fun run road race in the country, then Liam would have been running here um, Ellie would have been running here. Jen Gregson would have been running here, but they weren't. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of reflected in the women's results, isn't it? Can you go through those? Uh, um, yes. Oh, yeah, go here you on. go, Moose. <laughs> uh, Neve Allen was first in 47.29. Ainsley Van Grand second in 48.10. And Eloise Wellings third in 48.37. Um, yeah, Susie Power has the course record there like 40, uh, 45.08 or something. Crazy fast. Yeah. Mm, that, is, that was one of the best runs. And what did we have? Run Crew. Run Crew had, um, was it like five of the top six? Yeah, something like that. So Leanne, Leanne Pompiani was meant to run and she was in Sydney and like she was there for like warming up on, according to Strava uh, and then did a short jog at Bondi. Um, so I'm not sure what happened with Leanne um, because Aaron her partner was also meant to run and he didn't Um, I thought when she didn't run that maybe it was like her a hamstring because I know that she's been having some hamstring issues for quite a while now like even when she's been running some of her best races like down in Launceston and that sort of thing like she's been dealing with hamstring issues and I thought um, actually she said to me the other week that she'd gone for an MRI and I thought, oh, maybe the MRI um, result wasn't great and she's had to have a bit of a rest. Um, but then the fact that Aaron didn't run either, I, they, they may have been sick. I'm not sure. 
up and see if we can get an answer to that. I might see her at the track tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Do some real, like, groundwork for us, Croaks. Mm. Maybe take a little, like, recorder. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like uh, the news crews do. That's all we got for running news, fellas. Nothing much is happening. We've world champs about to start this weekend. So everything is uh, quiet on the track front over in Europe, America, those kind of places. But Moose, we do have a shoe review to do, thanks to On. We're going to be reviewing the Cloud Stratus 3, aren't we? We are. <laughs> I, was we are. I was waiting for you well, to say, yeah. yeah, we are. You were introducing it, mate. I thought you were about to do it. Well, that's the name of the shoe. It's the, the Cloud Stratus 3. Mine arrived that's on... That's where your knowledge ends mm. on this one, is it? Well, mine arrived on Friday afternoon. I've done two runs in it, but you want to take us through the uh, the background, the specs, all that kind of nerdy stuff you do first before I go through my notes, which I've actually got quite a few here to read through. Good, good. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to, to hear them because this is a new shoe. I'm, like, On is new in our store, and this, this Cloud Stratus 3 was something that I was really interested in when I first saw it because we like shoes that um, – that that can suit a lot of different people so like a really niche shoe might work for a certain amount of people and they love it but then it doesn't work for a lot of people whereas a a shoe like the cloud stratus 3 this is their probably most um uh versatile shoe from from on like it's not as high stack as a monster um and it feels a lot more stable it's not quite as rocket it sort of sits in the category where like of other shoes, like the, maybe the New Balance 880, um, Brooks Ghost, Asics Pursue or Cumulus, like this area where you can, um, you don't have to, like you don't, it's not someone who wants a maximum cushion shoe, even though on talk about it, like it's super cushioned, but it, it isn't really, could they have the monster that's more cushioned than this? Um, but they have this, like, st- still use the um, cloud tech technology. They use the new Helion foam. Uh, it, if you look at the cloud tech, you know, it's like stacked on top of each other. So you almost have a double layer of it, uh, which makes it a little softer compared to the single layer shoes they got, which are really quite firm. Um, it's got a sp- the speedboard thing that they call it, which sits above that. that gives it a bit of stiffness and a bit of snap. But the, the best thing I've found about on shoes is how they fit. Like the, the uppers, they, they just create like really good quality uppers and they have a lot of depth in their shoes, which is undervalued in the, in the running shoe world. And so there's like nearly everyone puts it on and before they take a step, they're like, oh yeah, it fits well. Like I like how it feels without walking on it. Um, and then the cloud tech stuff, some people don't love that and others really do like it. Um, the cloud stratus, it's not as uh, sensational feeling as the monster. So it does feel a little bit more traditional. Um, they've got rid of the big column down the middle where there's two like real medial and lateral like walls of foam. And so they've, they've filled that in with this shoe. So it feels a heap more stable. Um, yeah, 32 mil at the back. 26 up front, so six mil drop. Um, relatively flexible. I actually wore mine to work for a few days. Like, good-looking shoe, very comfortable. Um, you've been running in it. I don't think this will suit me for running. I think I, I need more shoe than this underfoot. Uh, you you guys talk about your running in it. What colour did you get first, Moose? 
Oh, I got like the dark gray, like. Um, is it a navy? Is there navy on it? It's like predominantly black, blackish gray. Might be a different one than mine, actually. Um, yeah, your your points that you just said are a bit more. Um, the other terminology, right? My first point here is no more rocks. They're going to stick in it down the middle there. Yeah. Now that's been a problem with a few on shoes in the past. You kind of get home and you've got twelve rocks stuck in there, and you're wondering why it was a bit heavier. Um, in your because they filled it in, right? Yeah, they, yeah it's yeah. fully filled in now. Which I do have another note as well that says like it feels like there's a bit more surface area when I put my foot down. Like it feels like it's a a wider kind of I don't know. Is that is that a thing? Like when I yeah, put my yeah, foot that, down, that makes like, it feel more yeah yeah more surface area yeah. definitely. But then what? Then, well, I guess the most um, relatable shoe I'm running in the moment is the Super Blast. Yeah, okay. I think, yeah, well, probably not wider platform than the Super Blast. That's a pretty wide platform. Okay. But it feels, I think it's, it's more though. stable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. More, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it fitted along, and I'd actually go half size down if I could go again. Feels fits long, for toe sure. Toe box is long. Yeah, toe box is big. Bit, bit yeah. of area there. Thing with on shoes, I've noticed this with the Monster as well, and this is why it was always hard to review this shoe because the first thing you're going to do is compare it to the Cloud Monster, which was, I think we had it last year as our shoe of the year, didn't we, Croaks, man, you? I think so, from, yeah. yeah, from a training shoe point of view. Yeah, yep. as a jogger. So you're going in with very high expectations when you put a pair of on shoes on that it's got to be in the same ballpark as that. Um, the the t- I never use the top eyelet on on shoes, whereas I do on most other shoes because I find when I use the top eyelet, it puts too much pressure on like the front of my foot. Notice that moves, so it means you've got a lot of shoelace left over. Do you mean the last one, or do you mean the top? You know how yeah, you sorry looking? the last you... one. Yeah, the, yeah. Um... What's the go with that too? Like every shoe, it's like it's like they just want to. Like every shoe I tend to get out of the box, they never actually like thread it through that that last oh, one. That's that's a if you need it. Yeah, Use it it's if like you, need yeah, it. you can have it if you want, but we're not putting it in there for you. Yeah, uh, most people like if you can. So I never know what if, to do. If you get heel slip, or if you want a more secure fit, you can lace lock it at the back there. That's normally what most people will use it for. So they'll just you know how you normally had it. Yeah. If you take the the lace that's coming out the the right eyelet and you thread it back through the last one you create like a loop and you do that on both sides and then you put the the new end that's coming through through the loop on the other side and then you like you pull back oh, towards yeah. your heel that locks your heel back and it can stop heel slip on a lot of shoes and it's also a good idea if you're running down hills because mm. it stops your foot sliding forward into the toe so if, if you're on a hilly route i'll tend to um to do a lace lock or if i'm on more technical trail then i'll lace lock as well it just it gives me more security that kind of knowledge there croaks that's why he's living on the top <laughs> of a hill <laughs> exactly that kind of stuff yeah anyway so i stopped actually mid-run the first time i did it because usually i go like full to the last eyelet with shoes i just see like it's a bit of a temptation there to fill it in the whole way but i actually stopped and like no nah, i need to need to go one short with this shoe because I've had problems with the, the cloud monster before being a bit too tight across the top of the foot there. Um, I got like the rocker type feel. Was that that speedboard, did you say? Uh, yeah, and also just the shape. Yep. You can see how there's a, bit, a fair bit of toe spring. It, you know, you see the picture that there is compa- toe mm. spring on the right compared to the, yep. the older model on the left. Yeah. A lot, lot flatter feel. Yeah. 
And I've just got here as well that I think it'd be a good shoe for doubles for me. I have it in my rotation and like easy runs up to like 70 minutes um, and felt better on the road than it did on the trails. Like I think it responded better to the harder surfaces. It's a good shoe. Yeah. It's in my rotation. Wore it to work the other day as well. We had our athletic sports at school. Get some you can't wear you can't wear shoes that you run in to work. I wore it before I ran in it to work. Yeah, that's okay. You and can't then, bring it back though. Oh no, won't be seen at work again. Not in a running, not in a shoe you've run in. I put four hundred k or four hundred plus k into the um, Cloud Stratus two. That was pretty much my anytime I was running on the treadmill. This is what I was running in. Yeah, good call. Mm. That that is a good tread shoe. Yeah, firm surface as well. You mean? Yeah, yeah, like how you liked it on the, um, well, kind of, like Treddy's pretty soft, really, if you've got a bit of shock absorption underneath. I tend to go for my firmer shoes on the um, Treddy. Well, I just felt like as well, because I had the Monster for like my longer runs outside, I'd save this one for just my 30, 30, 40 minute runs on the treadmill or up up to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I might do that. Thanks to Owen for sending us some uh, Cloud Stratasys 3, partnering with the Inside Run podcast, making Ben Buckingham available last week as well. We really appreciate that. Some good feedback on Bucks last week, fellas. Really what, that, what was it? Oh, just heaps of good stuff. People love Bucks. Real crowd favourite amongst our listeners. A few people reckon it was a bit cagey. Yeah, but I think we got through yeah. that 15, 20 minutes in. You can be cagey for 20 minutes, but good luck trying to be cagey for 90 minutes. We'll get you open, nah. Bucks. Don't try yeah. that few stuff pe- next few time. people liked that he ripped into you, Moose. I yeah. think that's why they... That, that was, yeah, that was like the feedback, wasn't it, Crux? Can't that remember was, him ripping in the at all, actually. Can't remember him ripping in. I reckon yeah. he had some good comebacks for you. Anyway, Real. listen, listen <laughs> to the question, Brad. He's too he's too smart for you, Moose. I went over your head. <laughs> smart guy. Um, yeah, good question, this one. If the long run is boss... What are the advantages to a 60-30 double over a 90-minute Monday run? Now, I'm not sure who sent that one in, but, um, yeah, so basically if we're talking about how you know important a long run is, um, why wouldn't you do, like, why would you do a 60-30 double on a Monday um, instead of just going for another 90-minute wrong, a 90-minute run? I think um, this is a good one if you, if you look at cycling, right? So if if cyclists do a six-hour ride on a Sunday, then do they double? Would they do, like, let's say they do a four-hour and a two-hour on the the, the Monday? Um, or do they do six-hour, six-hour? And and I think, like, I, 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 look, I'm not, I actually don't know the answer, but I'm going to say I think they do two six-hour runs or six-hour rides because the stress on their body, the impact is so much lower. Um, and so they can get away with these like long-distance sort of fatiguing bouts of exercise with no impact stress, um, whereas running is totally different to that. And, and the impact stress from a long run requires recovery. So you can't just go and run long every day or maybe you can, but it's very risky. Um, so a 60, 30 doubles allows you to get 90 minutes worth of training at a much lower risk. But also freshening up for a session the next day. Whereas like if, if all you're doing is like long runs and you're doing a long run the day before a session, like you're going to feel pretty crap in the session. And it's the whole reason why you don't do like a long run on the Sunday and then do a session on the Monday. 
because yeah. you want to you want to recover from that long run to freshen up so that your your session is quality. Um, like I think you know two two long runs a week uh, is plenty. So do you boys look at the long run as the greatest stress on the athlete for the week? Depends on the athlete. Not necessarily. Like if somebody's in a marathon block and they've got like a really long marathon session that's not their Sunday long run, that might be a bit higher because there's intensity there's intensity for a long-ish period of time, whereas just going out for two hours easy on a Sunday mightn't be too bad compared to what the other session was for the week. Yeah, it depends how you run the long runs, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And what you've done the day before the long run. So if you're coming off a cross-country race on the Saturday and then you do a long run, that could be hard. I've always thought about the long run as being like, the long run deserves the most recovery Mm. for most of my athletes. Yeah, and that's if you're doing your long runs on your Sunday and then a workout on your Tuesday, the purpose of the Monday, well, for me anyway, is to recover. So that's why I never look at pace and stuff on the Monday, and they're often pretty slow. So today I did a 60-30 double because the purpose was to recover, and I felt like I could recover off two runs that were, I think I averaged probably like 4.48 this morning and 4.38 this afternoon, and I think I'll be right for a workout tomorrow, whereas if I did 90 minutes this morning, I'd be um, cooked because they're three pretty high days of stress, like Sunday long run, Monday workout, uh, Monday 90 minutes, Tuesday workout, and could. The, the, purpose, the purpose is more than recovery if if the purpose was recovery you just do not run yeah but the purpose is also yeah yeah you you want that but you also want the aerobic stuff too Mm. yeah yeah how can you top up some aerobic stuff without risking injury yeah Mm. the other thing i like about a double as well is it's much easier for me to then throw on some strides after the 30 minute run in the afternoon if i've done a 60 30 double whereas if i'm a 90 minute run I'm not throwing surges in, or I'm not throwing strides in after 90 minutes because I feel pretty garbage because you're a bit sort of tight and locked up through the hips and hammies and stuff like that. What about if you could only run once though? Would you do 70 or like 75 or 80? Or would you still just go 60 and or 70 and then nothing? Uh, depend what day, depend what I had the next day. If if it was, um, if I had a session the next day, I probably wouldn't go any longer than 70. Isn't 70 the number? Oh, oh 10, close 10, to the number. 10. <laughs> 10 miles. Yeah. Think, yeah, uh, yeah. Different. You can't go off Ks. You cannot go off Ks. What if it's a six-minute dude? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 70 is the number. I reckon you're right. I reckon if you hit 70, you've got to break it into a double. Yeah, I've always found 70s like, yeah. If you're going to go for 80, you may as well go for 90. <laughs> anyway, it's a good question. Good question. I enjoyed that. Moose on the loose. What do you got? Uh, yeah. Oh, were we gonna? We need a more backstory on this Queensland cross country race that Louis, um, fuck, what's his surname? McAfee. 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 Louis was going at us in these in the DMs about. Apparently, they all got DQ'd from cutting the cones out on the course. Mm. Was it like the top ten or something got done? <laughs> surely, weren't people he, getting done for like then arguing with the officials as well? And then one of them said, no, nah, it wasn't me. And then they just let him off. You're like, oh, yeah, no worries, mate. It wasn't you. You're all good. <laughs> this is like from three weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, we got it. We got to get the full story here. Yeah, Luke Matthews was happy, though, with that decision. I just yeah. have all these old message groups that we're a part of, and then someone fires up like two years after the last post. 
Yeah, Lou hasn't, Lou hasn't run for 12 months and then goes and does one run and then, yeah, next thing the message board fires up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, that's not it. So, uh, oh, moving. How fuck's moving? You blokes ever move? Like, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, I haven't done it for about nine years. Yeah, well, don't do it. Stay where you are. It's not worth it. It's just not – it's honestly not worth it. Um now, a bit of a training one just quickly because you, you didn't let me get this out last week. I reckon I've gone people on here about worrying too much about the one percenters in, in running and not enough about the mileage and, and the, just the monotony of good training. But the actual the one percenters do actually matter even more so when the mileage is uh, tapped out. So if you're running, like, say the three boys on the other show, the um, Road to Berlin, like, those three guys have kind of tapped out their mileage. They're all training really well, like the most they've ever trained before. And so they might look at this and go, okay, I want to put more effort into this block, but I can't run more, um, and I can't just go out and run faster in my workouts by putting more effort in. So how am I going to dedicate myself more to this training block and more to this race and that's where the one percenters actually start to kick in and matter more than any any other time they have so that's when you they, these boys add in a bit of strength add in some treatments some massage get their nutrition dialed in um what other what's what's another one percent get to sleep half an hour sleep earlier. yeah the sleep stuff um taking fucking supplements that kind of that kind of business like those things become so important when you've got all this extra motivation and ambition and drive to do better and you need to funnel it and channel it into something really beneficial for you because most people get to the point these boys are at and they go, oh, I fucking want to do better. I want to go faster. I want to train more. And they go out and run too fast or they run too far or they run too often and they break down and get hurt. So having someone like coaches of these guys to, to basically tap them out at mileage and drive that focus into other ways that can help their running, I, I think I think that's where we need to talk about one percenters. That's when they can have their biggest effect. Good one, Moose. I also think it's relevant to um, older runners as well who like maybe not they're not running their maximum mileage now, but they've had a lot of mileage in the bank over the years. They're probably going to get a little bit more benefit from the one percenters than, you know, chasing more mileage as well. Yeah. You, yeah. What keeps them out there? What keeps them out there? The ability to keep at the top of their mileage ceiling. Um, and if they stop doing the one percenters and they end up down at like 10% below their mileage ceiling, then that one percenter is very important. Yeah. Sort of like where you are at the moment, Moose. Like you've been running for a long time, and yeah, you, you know we're near your max mileage at the moment, and you probably don't need to run as many miles because of what you've done in the past. But the one percenters are probably more important for you now to actually be able to still run 140k a week. Well, 140 is probably my max mileage currently, mm. and and I can't run more than that if I want to be safe and smart about it. Uh, and and so yeah, I've like. The, these things are coming from, <laughs> coming from how I'm thinking about running right now. And I am doing a lot more strength work because of it. And I'm looking at nutrition 
and I'm, I'm trying to sleep a bit more. Like I'm making sure I'm doing the right thing so that when I do go out and do a workout, it counts a lot better. Like it, it, it counts, like I can do the workout and I can hit the paces that I want feeling better. I can be stronger late in the workout rather than just sort of going through the motions. Um, so that workout counts for me in that week. When I'm only doing two workouts a week, I need like I need them to work for me. Good. I like that. What's coming up, fellas? What's happening for you, Croaks? Just getting ready for this operation? Yeah, so hopefully drive down to Melbourne on Sunday and then, uh, yeah, surgery Monday and then, uh, yeah, not sure what day, uh, yeah, whether I stay in hospital Monday night or um, they let me go. But, yeah, that's that's my plan for right. the coming week. Best of luck for that. Take two. You'll be able to watch the uh, world champs from your hotel room or from your hospital bed. I will. Yeah, it's on SBS. Uh, yeah, it's on SBS demand. I think or this one of the, yeah one of the SBS. I think it's yeah it starts Sunday, Sunday our time. Do you know yeah. when the marathons are on? No, I'm not. I can look it up quickly. Nah, that's all right. We're going to do it all in the monthly tomorrow night. We're going to go through preview it because we haven't got a lot of content with Toby injured. Yeah, we'll, okay. uh, we'll go through who we think's got to handle. You know what? You should get Toby to write some odds for it. Some like odds. you know, look at the betting. Um, look at the betting lineups. They still take that um, world champs. Don't know if they would. That always was good value when Watto got on and did that. I like that. Yeah, might Skype Watto in next week, eh? For croaks. Uh, Toby loves a bet. Does he? He's, he's a maniac gambler. Is he? Okay. Yeah, get him on. Get well, him. He's got to do problems it. and stuff, or like. Sorry, oh, he's it. definitely not as smart as Watto. He just makes dumb fucking calls. But that that could be a good listen. All right, I'll ask the boys about that tomorrow night. Moose, what do you got coming up? Oh, I'm packing, putting shit together. You know, everything's a mess in our house. We're living in a bombshell right now. <laughs> Never heard of like wind so much. Remember, it goes on holidays, <laughs> whinges. Yeah, that's it. Buys a brand new house, whinges. Yeah. Yeah, so things yeah. that most people will be like, you know, once in a lifetime life, opportunity life, stuff. Life highlights mm. are like, yeah, Moose is down in the dumps about. Yeah. It's making my 60 to 90 minutes of running a little less enjoyable right now. And that's what that's what de- determines my mood is, is how easy can I get out from my run? And if there's any sort of distraction, then I'm going to complain about it. All right. Good luck with that then. So you're going to be there in um, support Saturday? I might see you in person. Nah. I I still might be in the team if we can't get the last person. I still might be there. Don't do it. I've got to get the team. I've got to get the team up. It can't be one of those fucking shit clubs that doesn't field a team. You'll find six guys. This could cost you 15 grand though if something happens to you on that course. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I reckon you're the new favourite. That's good for him. <laughs> Tom DeCano, we've got to watch him. Benny Saint did 40K today. Did you see that as well? He could be sneaky. 40K on a Monday is mm. serious, right? Good way that to kick got... your mileage off for the week. He loves money. Tom DeCano loves money. Mm. Everyone loves money. They'll come in out of the woodwork, aren't they? Imagine Tommy DeCano hasn't done a marathon workout for bloody six years. <laughs> Sniffs a bit of money and all of a sudden here he is doing 30K around Centennial. One of his won't get at the start line. A few old yeah. boys in there, croaks. Yeah. Hey, Brady, marathons are 26th and the 27th of August. Okay, so the end. Yep, Saturday yep. and a, Saturday and Sunday. Okay, it's good to know. 
All right, fellas, we'll do it all again next week. Patrons, keep a look at the feed tomorrow night for the monthly and then for, I'm going to say, Thursday morning, maybe Friday morning, actually, depending on when the boys are recording Road to Berlin. So heaps of content over there this week. We'll do it all again next week, Moose and I, and we'll have a fill-in host because Croaks, all the best this time next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All the best. Round two. Take two. Take two. Take two, yeah. All right, fellas. See See ya. See ya. Special thanks to On for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast. Cushioning or performance, why not take both? The Cloud Stratus 3 evolves a legend with an updated speedboard and even softer cushioning and innovative new design features, all added to double Cloud Tech cushioning to double the comfort without slowing you down. Visit on.com or your specialty running retail store today to grab your pair.